0: Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Ruck Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Ruck Up Buttercup. Ruck Up Buttercup podcast can be found on all your favorite streaming location. As well, we are now available on Reese Across America Radio on Fridays at 11 p.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find Reese Across America Radio on the iHeartRadio app, the Odyssey app, and the TuneIn app. Just search the word re. Can't wait to see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ruck Up Buttercup. Today, we are joined with my friend, Cammie. She is here to just chat with us because we wanted to have another voice and another person and Cammie and I have been friends since we were stationed at Fort Hood so it's great to have another friend on the show. Today we're going to be talking about becoming the new military spouse so for you girlfriends um, even just if you just became a girlfriend you're going to want to know some of these tricks and tips as well as some of the acronyms that we're going to talk about while we're on the episode today but first I'm going to let Cami kind of tell her story we like to hear other military spouses stories.
1: Hello. I have been a military spouse for almost 13 years now. So does that, I don't know if that makes me a veteran. I don't know. What is I so. that? The <laughs> ten, ten new market? I know a little bit about it. Um, we were first station in Germany and, um, that was my first duty station. So I was very nervous. I didn't know anything about the military. I actually got to go with him to AIT because he is, his AIT was nine months long, which was in Arizona. So I moved myself up there and then, and this is before we had kids or whatever. So, and our first duty station was Germany and then Italy. And I had my first son in Germany and in a German hospital, and that was fun. And then uh, I had my second one in Italy um, in an Italian hospital. We had to have a translator, which I thought was really interesting. And then we moved like six times in the last 13 years. So we've been to Germany, Italy. Well, I would say Arizona too. And then Fort Hood back to Arizona. And now we're at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. So, and my husband just got promoted to E7. So July 1st. So yeah. And we really like it here. We've been here for five years. So it's been a long, this is the longest duty station we've ever been to.
0: Awesome. Fort Campbell's really nice. It is a really pretty area. So
1: yeah, I absolutely love it. It's beautiful. There's lots of trees, lots of greenery. It's pretty hot. Um, (laughs) lots of bugs
0: (laughs) it's not not Fort Hood it's a different kind of Fort Hood hot it's not the same thing but it is hot
1: so yeah that's kind of like where we're at and I have no idea when we're leaving and we're staying here indefinitely until he either probably drops a warrant packet and then we can get stationed anywhere else so
0: but you got spoiled with your first city stations
1: That was scary though. Cause I've never been out of the country. That was my first time. And I really had to surround myself with other spouses that were in my position. And, um, we all became like a closely knit community because of that. I think we were all going through the same thing. And now I think Sabrina, you're in Germany right now, aren't you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, how yeah. that is. I think honestly, that would be a good first duty station though, because it's such a small community and it's not, we find that like, I feel like, especially for Campbell, we've talked about it with some other spouses that the spouses don't tend to stick around and like try to make close friendships because they're, that's the center of the states state. So, right? so they can get to any family member within a day or two. And so they don't make as close of friendships as you do in Germany, because here you have to be friends with the other Americans. If you want someone to speak English with, like you have to have those connections.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's a really good point. I was just going to like add into that because I feel like a lot of service members are the same way. Like they tend not to want to make friends. Like I feel like you have two. There's two different. You have one who is all about building like a family who wants to hang out with his battle buddies like 24 seven. And then you'll have a different person who wants to separate work and leisure life type of thing. And so- I know for myself, my first, our first duty station was here at Bragg and we have lived here at Bragg. We, we grew up military. So we were already familiar with Bragg area. So it wasn't until we moved to our second duty station in Alaska that my husband was just like, oh yeah, I guess I have to come out of my shell and actually make friends with people that I work with. Right. I want to have any type of community or anything like that. So I think it's, I think, I personally think having a duty station away from family helps spouses get a little outside of their comfort zone in quicker become in that mindset of being a military spouse and having to make friends. Whereas if you have someone who is living close to their home or their family or their friends that they've already made, they're likely to stay in that civilian sector a lot longer. So then when they're thrown into it later in life, they still struggle. So I feel like even things that we talk about today are more geared towards our newer spouses or girlfriends. But there are some spouses that I think who have been spouses for five years or so who are just realizing that they don't know everything because they've not had a time to learn it. Like whether it's verbiage from the military or how things work, things like that.
1: Yeah. That's a good point because I kind of went in as a spouse a little later on in life. So I was older than most younger spouses or new spouses So my husband and I were dating for three years prior to him joining. And so I had a little bit of that individuality or that um, independence beforehand where a lot of new military spouses don't have that, you know, especially Mm -hmm. if they are, you know, going from their parents' house straight to being married, and now they're by themselves, and they've never been independent. So I feel like I had a little bit more of experience in that aspect, because I was older. And this was prior to military before we even started the journey. So but I mean, going, I'm, it's not, there's no exception, because I still had to, you know, make new friends get out of my comfort zone, especially in a new country, you don't know the language, you don't know, the culture, the currency. So it kind of forced me to get way out of my comfort zone, as far as like being in a different, a whole different part of the world. So.
0: And you, you have to go out and meet people here. You have to do it because you just are, you're going to be lonely because even if you do, you still have connections with your family and friends from back in the States, but you just kind of have that. Time difference, and they're just doing a totally different life from what you live when you're overseas in any station. I mean, I was in Hawaii, the difference was still majorly mm-hmm. different, and you have to make friends that can connect with you and understand what's going on locally. And I don't know, it just is these are the best places I've lived. I mean, it's even being here, it's only taken me like six months to really find a good group of people that we hang out with. And it was not like that at Brag, it took me years for before really? we had like a really close group of people that we hung out with. And the only good that I had a good group was because I had brought Jane from Germany. We both moved back at the same time. So we just, we already had built in friends and that happens sometimes, but like here, you just have to make those friends because who's going to babysit your kids. Who's going to watch your dog when you go on a trip, like you have to make connections immediately, or you're just going to be stuck at home and really lonely.
2: Yeah. Well, and it can be a really lonely life. So like why put yourself through that? Like, you know, if you're so I I'll I'll kind of talk about my situation a little bit. So when Jeremy first joined, um we were young, but we both grew up military, and we kind of knew the lifestyle. And my husband wanted absolutely nothing to do with anybody he worked with. Like he didn't want to have friends, he didn't want me to be involved. Which kept me really isolated because even though I grew up military and I knew a lot of the ins and outs of it, when he deployed, it was awful. Like I um uh, his first appointment, we were still just dating. We weren't we were engaged, but we weren't um we weren't married yet. And it was one of those things where it was just like you know this really sucks. Like I really wish I could connect with other people in this unit, be able to talk to people who are going through the same thing as me. And so like it's really important that you find at least one person that you can do that with. My husband definitely learned the error of his ways as he, you know, after 15 years of being in the service, he finally was just like it's fine. You know, I understand why you need that support and everything like that. And he's learned that he also needs to have that support from his buddies that he works with. And so it's nice to encourage your service member too, to be like, it's okay to make friends with who you work with. Or even if it's not someone directly in your company or, you know, in another company or something like that, like, you know, don't isolate yourselves because like we were just saying, it's really lonely and you need to have that support, especially if you're in a duty station, like over in Europe or Hawaii or Alaska, like Hawaii and Alaska are still considered, you know, the United States, but it's still very isolating from your family and your friends. You're on a different time zone. It's expensive to travel. So you want to be able to create those um, time. And me and my husband, actually, we were just talking about the other day. I was like, you know, I really wish that we could get our friendship group back. Like we had it in Alaska. We had a great group. Like we did all the holidays together. We had big cookouts. It was so great. And we haven't had that since then, just because we've been on like special duty assignments here at Bragg. Here at Bragg is a little harder just because of, you know, he doesn't want to make friends with his his soldiers because of his rank he has found a few group a few people that he hangs
0: out with but it's definitely a different feeling. I was going to say do you think that that changes as we've gotten older because yeah. I really feel like that that mm-hmm. outside of I have a lot of girlfriends but we don't have a lot of family friends as much as we used to like mm-hmm. the first duty yeah. station all of them were fresh out of basic training and they had yeah. moved there together so he had this huge group of friends that we were really tight with and we did everything together. But I know as we've gotten older and I think it's just because you you realize It's better for quality over quantity at some point in your life. You just kind of realize I don't need 20 friends. I need three, (laughs) like three that I can go to for everything, I think. And I think that's what Dustin has kind of realized, too. He had a ton of friends and now he's kind of narrowed down to just the few that he would like to spend any time with. And then he doesn't really hang out with anybody from work outside of those people. Yeah, I definitely agree with that.
1: Yeah. Like quality I think is more important now as I've gotten older because, um, I mean, perfect example. Um, I had to take my son to the doctor's office and he had like a breathing treatment and I couldn't go, uh, pick up my other son from school. And so I have a neighbor friend who's a really good friend of mine and I can count on her for everything. And she's like, I got you. Like, and she was on my emergency contact list as well. And it's just people like that, that you need to make a connection with because we don't have the luxury of having family around. I mean, I, at least I don't mine are, you know, two States away, 16 hours away. So you have to find those group of friends that, that are not just the amount, but the, like you said, Sabrina, like the quality, you know, that you can trust and rely on because they are quote unquote, you, your family, you yeah. know? So, and I'm grateful for those people that do that. Cause what, I don't know what would happen. Like if I didn't make friends and then would he just stay at school? Like what I, I don't know. I don't know what would I have done. So.
0: Yeah. And I think that that, is something that a lot of spouses struggle with. I see it in the spouse groups anyways, is making friends because technology, I think makes it worse because you could just go to things and you will have interactions with people where you're going to make friends, but they try to make friends on social media and you can have those friends, which I have some friends that are like great for supporting me through things digitally, I guess, but they're not people that can, I can't rely on them. They're not going to come over for coffee when I'm having a really bad day. That's not it's not what people need. I think that they need to really get out of your comfort zone. It has to be just yeah. once or twice. You're going to find somebody. Like we have with play Love. We have these events that are set up really easy to make friends. Like we just have coffee. <laughs> we sit and chat like we are right now. And it's not that hard to make a friend because we all have something in common. We have the military in common. It's like just you have to go out into the world. We have to
2: get out. But then you also have to like don't listen to... Everything you read online. Like, don't listen to the stigma of military wives are catty, you know, dependopodimus or whatever it is, FRGs are bad. Like, don't listen to it. Make your own assumptions. And as well, on top of that, if you have a bad experience, at least try again because every every group of people, every military spouse is different. Um, every organization that is out there to support military spouses is different and different at each installation. So, you know, I mean, I've been a military spouse for 15 years and a month and I have had good FRG support and I have had atrocious FRG support. I've met some really awful military spouses and I've met some of the most genuinely nicest, caring, loving individuals I've ever met in my entire life who are military spouses. So you have to just Get out of that mindset. Don't listen to, you know, hey, like, you know, your spouse is saying, hey, like, you know, so and so FRG is bad, like, we, we, we're we not getting involved, blah, 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 like, have that conversation saying, hey, like, we need to make that decision on our own. Like we, you know, I think we need to at least, you know, yeah, we're going to connect with this organization because it's a great resource or yeah, okay, I don't want to be part of the FRG, that's fine. But I do want to make sure that my information is correct. So that way, if you deploy or you're in training and I need to get in contact, I have one person I know that I can contact. Um, And like our events, like our events are so low key and so nice with Deployed Love that you can just come in and there will be at least one person there that's going to make sure that you are welcomed and loved during that hour coffee or our holiday minis or whatever it is, just get out and try, and don't listen to
0: what other people say. Make your own decisions. I mean, any group that you go with, it's going to feel like a blind date, right? Like you're you're yeah, not going to know the people. I know. It is going to be weird. We all know it's going to be weird, but you have to do it because if you just sit on your computer, you're not getting anywhere. Just and shut
1: up. That's all you got to do. And yeah. I mean, it's. I think a lot, you know, and I'm not trying to poo-poo on the younger generations, but I think they don't like that uncomfortableness Mm -hmm. of getting out there and meeting new people. It is, it's uncomfortable. It, we all feel that way, you know, and if you don't like a person, you don't have to, you know, be friends with them or whatever, but just show up. That's all you have to do is just show up. You never know. You never know what, uh, you know, what kind of people you're going to meet. And, I've just had so many people like flake and because of that uncomfortableness, they just don't want to feel it. So they yeah. just like retreat and they, and, and then they go on the military spouses pages and complain that they don't have friends. And I'm like, just show up. That's all you got to do. That's it.
2: I mean, and you'll be surprised. I mean, that's how I met Sabrina. I just showed up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just I was to. like, I'm going to go like, cause I was, I was, you know, I was struggling so hard meeting friends here at Bragg. Partly I think because I came back to Bragg and I had some of my friends that were in the civilian sector that still live here that I was like, oh, I'll reconnect with them. But we, we, you know, after coming back and like reconnecting with them, I kind of learned that we were just on different paths. And it was something that, you know, I was like, you know, I'm still friends with them, but like I don't really connect with them on a lot of things anymore. And so, and then COVID hit and then I was like, well, this really sucks like yeah. I need to make at least one friend that you know I can count on and you know I was trying to avoid making really good friends within my husband's company just because of his his job and his rank and I was like you know I I'm will be nice a cordial but I didn't want to find I didn't want that to be my sole group of friends because I I knew that I would have to be cautious about what I said to them Um, Like I couldn't go and talk about work, but I wanted still to connect with people that I was, had things in common, which were other military spouses. It's much easier to connect with military spouses than it is with people who don't know what you're going through. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's how I missed Sabrina. And a lot of my close friends are because of going to an event and, you know, saying like, I got to get on my shell and see where it goes.
0: Yeah, yeah I think, it. and you have to go to those family groups because mm-hmm. I know there can be some stigma behind it, but you need to go just to learn. Because mm-hmm. especially if you're lower enlisted, you don't have to worry about your husband's position. You can be friends with anybody because it doesn't okay. really matter. And then also, you need to learn the acronyms. You need to go. That I know that Army. I don't know what it's called in other branches, but we have the Army Community Services, and they have brand new spouse like training basically, where you can go and learn everything.
2: (laughs) The amount of stuff that that program offers now compared to when we were young spouses is mind boggling. Like I I'm like, you know, like I said, 15 years and like, I'm like, there's a program for this. Where was this when I was a young military spouse?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like basic training for military spouses and they can, they sit there and they teach you everything you're going to need to know to just survive. I mean, it's not gonna be everything, but like just to get by and all these acronyms that we're going to talk about in a little bit, they, it's in that it's, they're going to show you. So when your husband comes home and is like saying all these <laughs> letters and you're like, what the heck are you talking about? I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. It's, it's not, not Charlie Brown
2: gibberish. Like, you know, I, do. Oh,
0: I know that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's
1: actually <laughs> kind of Brown. funny because I do have, uh, friends that are not military affiliated, but they are living in the same town mm-hmm. in Clarksville. And I have to, I forget that they're not mm-hmm military so i have to kind of not dumb it down but like explain because it's just funny how they're like i don't know how you can you know do this without your husband and like what does pcs mean and i have to kind of like explain <laughs> so i think it's if you you get a leg up if you can learn those acronyms and i mean you don't have to be completely immersed in you know his job or whatever but i find myself being so fascinated with my husband's job anyway, and the mm-hmm. military that I just want to learn, you know, cause I just, I always ask him how his day is, what, you know, what he's doing. Cause I just find it fascinating to me. I know I'm a weird, I'm weird <laughs> like that.
0: I wish I knew more. Mine's got the yes, yeah, the top secret is one of those acronyms but, <laughs> Oh yeah, i can't uh, say anything. I don't know anything that he does. <laughs> I just know he sits at a computer <laughs> all day. So like and it's been like that for the entire fourteen years of marriage. <laughs> like, what does he do at work? Everybody asks, I'm like, mm, I Yeah, I always think and then and then when he
2: wants to say something, like, he said something the other day, and I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't, like, you're, I don't know what that means because you've never actually said that to me before. And so, like, he'll be like, explain it to me, like, dumb it down. And I was just like, oh, okay, like, that makes sense. <laughs> like, that's like, kind of how Randy he is. Randy and have been,
1: he flies drones. He flies UAVs. And uh, he's always talking about something. And he, I think he forgets that I don't understand A lot of the jargon, and so I'm like, "What?" And so he kind of explains it, and on my level, so I can. But he, I like how he just—you can tell that he's passionate about his job because he'll just kind of go on and on and on. And I'm like, "Okay, like," but I just think it's cool because he has the coolest job. And I'm like, I would love to fly, like you know a, a million dollar video game you know essentially
0: <laughs> I I <laughs> how that was marketed to him too because that's how Justin yeah. got the job he was because it was like his recruiter was like it's like video games it is not but
2: <laughs> it's fun it's oh fun. my god and the fact that a recruiter did that because the recruiters I mean Jimmy was a recruiter and they don't know what everything is so the no, fact no, that someone sure like it's not. like a video
0: game and that's it's like what, a video game it,
2: he oh, was goodness. probably
0: some like grunt he no like, yeah, probably, was going yeah, like on? he's like no for sure you're you're at a computer and you click buttons like a video game <laughs> and for, for those
2: listening a grunt is like basic military like hoorah carrying salt like you know levin bravo i don't know all the, the all the guy kind of battle yeah, yeah. the ones that just like are in the thick of it constantly in the mud carrying a rucksack carrying a rifle yeah those are and which is funny because that's what my husband signed up to do like he was like I don't care what other jobs like I want to do this And I'm just like why
0: I just want to be a fighter (laughs) why
2: (laughs) I know why it's a family legacy but anyways I was just like you could have done some such cooler things with what you do but sometimes that's just how it is
0: but I think a lot of them like that because it's not Mm -hmm. a lot of like paperwork there's not a lot of skill set that they yeah. have to learn it's not, just, not until
2: they get higher up in rings so yeah, yeah. It, it, get
0: it, strong it, get powerful follow the rules it's a pretty pretty simple job get, for, get to
2: jump out an airplane shoot things like that's the life right like they love it and yeah it, it's so funny sometimes, but yeah, and it's so weird to hear like different acronyms and abbreviations throughout, like whether, you know, you really only hear like certain ones in lower listening. And then as you get like higher up, you're like, oh, this is what this is.
0: Yeah. Um, As wow, well. You, you learn as you go. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. like, especially the training type ones, that's going to be something that obviously when you're first getting in is not really that important until they get older and rank up. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: learned... I learned a lot of them just by talking to my husband, really. I mean, cause I just wanted, just like, I wanted to learn about his job and what he does. And because this is a lifestyle that we'd never been in, I was just curious. And so over the years, I've learned a ton of them. I don't know all of them. I have to ask. I, don't, I don't
2: know all of them either. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's important to point out too, that like, all three of us have been military spouses for a really long time. And we, we have spouses who, who know that their soldiers are not staying in as a career path. And so I think a lot of the time that gives them kind of like, I don't need to learn this. Like yeah, I don't need yeah. to learn. I don't need to learn about these programs. I don't need to learn about any of this because this is a short time for us. Um, Yes. True, but I guarantee you that, like, some of those people who had that mindset are now on the career track because they're soldiers. I mean,
0: COVID, I feel like pushed so many people to be so many and re enlist because there was no reason to get out. The job, there was no job market, there was no Mm -hmm. everything was gone. That's the whole reason
1: that my husband um actually stayed in. Mm -hmm. I think he was going to get out just to Mm -hmm. so he could maybe explore other options with aviation and the contract, you know, being con- contract sector. But after COVID happened, it was just kind like of a no-brainer. He was like, mm-hmm. this is a guaranteed job, guaranteed paycheck, like benefit, Healthcare, oh,
2: all of it, Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we knew that we would be career like, you know, there was always that like, oh, maybe I'll do 10 years and then go back to school and then maybe do a job. But like, it's always been like, he's doing 20. And at this point, like, it's like 20 and done. But then I have like this like little thing in the back of my head going like he's he's going to try to go longer. Like I know he is. And we'll see if he does because we actually have jobs lined up for when he gets out. Like, oh, that's nice. Us. So it's nice for. Um, but that's not normal. So I think, you know, growing, I, I had a lot of spouses that I knew throughout the years who were just like, well, we're, he's only doing it for benefits to to or something, college, yeah, college, things like that. So we're only doing this for a little bit. So I don't really feel the need to like make friends or learn what this means or, you know, utilize this program. And then they, I mean, almost every single one that I've talked to who got out like, out, like was like, I really wish I had utilized my CAA or, you know, I had done these different programs with ACS or, you know, we're thinking about coming back in. And I'm just like, it, yeah, it might seem kind of pointless to learn things, but like you never know. Cause you may learn something that you didn't know and then it helps you
0: decide what to do down the road. Well, it makes me sad when they don't want to make the friendships with the military community, because we've talked about so many times on here, like this is, it's a family. And I mean. mm Like today, Cammy joined us last minute because it's just, we have all these people that follow us and they spend, we spend our lives together where we're not stationed together, but we are going to support each other whatever way we can for the rest of our lives. And to think that you came in, even if it was for four years and just didn't try to connect with the people that you're involved with is so sad to me because this is something I would never give up. I would never give up these connections. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I've had, I mean, I've,
1: actually made literally lifelong friends and they're all over the United States, all over the world. We still connect. And the funny thing is, I find it interesting that the army in general, I guess, or military is such a small community that the likelihood of me going to a different duty station and knowing somebody is high and I've had that happen so many times, not just with, uh, the army itself, but with his job, because his job is so specialized that, um, we can only go certain duty stations that actually have the drones available. And so the likelihood of me running into somebody that I already know that it's just, it's the probability is pretty high. So I just, I cherish the the connections I have with, and the friendships that I have made over the years, even when we PCS, that is the hardest <laughs> thing harsh, for me to yeah. do is I meet somebody so amazing. And then one of us, you know, like PCS is or whatever. And that's like, I think that's probably the hardest thing I've yep had to deal with because they are just absolutely amazing. And I'm like, I wish I would have met you sooner. You know, I
0: always make those friends right towards the end of either yeah. their term or my yeah. term. And it sucks so yeah. bad because I'm like, oh, I finally have like this really close friend. And now one of us is going somewhere else, especially yeah. last time when I, when I was living at Bragg, we were there for seven years. And mm-hmm. so I would make these really close friends and then they just leave. And it was just like, Oh man, you have to start all yep. over. Okay. Even though yeah. you're not moving, you're still starting over every three years because everybody moves
2: away. Everybody. Yeah. Especially when you're in the, the point of the career where you're not moving as much. um, It feels like everyone's constantly moving and then you don't move. And then, so it's just like, it, it's a downer, but you know, you're Like you were, like Kami was saying, like, I've said this before in the podcast before, like the military community is so small. Like I have run into people in the middle of like a small German town that I, <laughs> I was stationed with like five years ago. I have run into people, you know, I grew up military. So I've run into people who I went to school with who are now in the military in Alaska. Like I, like it's crazy. And then it's also super fun because then you have those friends who are like, You know, hey, like we're, you know, coming through, like, can we see you? Like, I have a couple of friends that work for APHES. And every time that they come in towards this area, they're like, hey, I'm coming to town. Let's get together. And I'm like, absolutely. And so it's really awesome to be able to have that experience. Also, when you're road tripping, I think it's super fun to be like, hey, you know, we're PCSing to Alaska from Bragg. Like, you know, can we stop on our way and see you? Like, my door is always open to anybody that wants to do that. And I know a lot of military spouses. Are the same because a they want to see their their buddy they want to see their battle buddy or whatever you want to call them even if it's for 30 minutes it's it's always nice to reconnect because when you reconnect with those people even if you don't talk to them every single day it feels like you didn't like it feels like your friendship like it stopped and it starts right back up where you left off like
0: there's no like in between yeah and I think the reason that it feels so small is because we are all each specialized, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're most likely, especially if you became friends with someone that was in your husband's unit, that they're going to end up at a duty station like you, because like Cammy was saying, they can only go. And it's with every single like job your person can do, because like, if you're a pilot, they can only go to X bases. If mm -hmm. you're a medic, I mean, medic is maybe most flexible, but still, if they're going to be at a hospital, it's at some bases. But they're a
2: medic that has like an attached specialty to them though. So like it's Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like you have like 11 Bravo medics, like, so they can only really go where there's an infantry unit. Like, and I could be wrong on that, but like, I'm pretty sure it's, they're, they're specialized too in what they, in the job that they
0: do. Right. Um, So making friends like outside of your husband's unit is great. I think that's awesome because there's less drama. That's definitely a way to get military spouses with less drama that way, but you should make a few that you get a little bit closer to within your husband's unit because you're going to find them at other duty stations a lot more frequently that way, because they're going to be getting stationed with your husband again. They always do. So,
1: well, and also spouses in, in the same unit, you know, I can call on them yeah. or they, they've like texted me and said, Hey, there's a spouse thing going on. You want to do it? And that's how I found out about, um, <laughs> they did spouse flights where we got to ride, you know, like ride on a Chinook and a Blackhawk. And I didn't know anything about that until one of the spouses was like, Hey, are you going on this? And I'm like, I had no idea this was happening. So it was fun. And we got to go together. So it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and that's why I think it's really, really important for you to connect with your, with the spouse groups within your organization, like whether it's your SFRG, I'm not really sure what it's called in the other branches. I'm going to assume it's some type of family readiness group or, you know, making sure you check your emails that they send out or, you know, connecting with another person within the unit to be like, Hey, I want to do this. I mean, I feel like there's so much information that goes out through all the different organizations on the installations that it's so easy to miss things. Um, so I also encourage everyone to follow all of those organizations pages on Facebook, check their websites out. Cause you know, there are so many different things. I mean, I've been an FRG leader and there were times where everyone's like, are you going to go do this? And I'm like, what? Like, I don't even know about this. Like, absolutely, I want to try this out or I want to do this, like, you know, or, hey, that's maybe something we should share to other families. And so it takes a community to, like, really be a community. So it's nice having those individual people to help you along the way and let you know when things are happening. Um, And you won't have that unless you Get yourself out there and say, Hey, my name is so-and-so, you know, I would love to get information about X, Y, and Z type of thing.
1: Yeah. Even MWR has, (laughs) I follow MWR's pages on every duty station and they have so many, I mean, more so with other duty stations and others, but they have so many things going on. I mean, I've even met like my son, I signed him up for soccer every um, fall and spring MWR has their thing on post and I've met soccer moms. So like, you just never know who you're going to meet. And now we all meet up at the pool once a week with our kids that were on the soccer team. So you just never know like who you're going to meet, who you're going to, you know, connect with and hang out with. And, you know, I think it's, that's how I met them. And I thought it was cool. So now we're like the soccer moms club, you know?
0: (laughs) <laughs> and that there's so many things that are available it is hard to keep track of it even if you're following all those pages so are gonna have to go look up those things you're gonna have to either just look on your Facebook and the events like you can look at local and it'll pull up a ton of that stuff I think a lot of people feel like oh I'm a military we just don't get a lot of support <laughs> it's ridiculous after being part of like and starting to play love I'm like there is so much out there so much out there and you're just not looking in the right places or I mean a lot of our stuff doesn't get to people because there's so there's like 50 events the same day and it's hard for people to keep track of what's going on but don't feel like you're not supported I guess as a military spouse because the USO MWR ACS I mean these are at all bases and they all have events I do have a fun, uh, like a
1: funny story, like how I met some of the spouses. I actually, somebody um, did in, I think it was in Clarksville, like a speed friending event. And it literally is like what it sounds like. It's like speed dating, except, you know, like for friendships. And I met some of the coolest people. That was so much fun because it was nerve wracking. They did comp like two tickets for free drinks because, you know, sometimes that can help. And it really did feel like dating, where you just like meet somebody for three minutes and then you just say, hey, like, this is who I am. Do you want to hang out sometime? And then we made all the, all the, so you had to put yes on a, note card, if you, um, like them or if you wanted to connect with them and then know if it wasn't kind of, you know, your thing or whatever, which is fine. Like we can't, we don't have to connect with everybody. And so, and then the coordinator would actually connect all the yeses together. And that way they would give each other's phone numbers. Now, obviously we would hang out afterwards and add each other on Facebook, but that was the funnest, the most fun event that I've ever been to.
0: It was so nerve wracking. And good for you to go though. Yeah. I I don't know if I could get myself to do that. That's a lot of (laughs) like a few interactions in like the coffee socials is great because I can kind of just not talk and kind of fade into the background (laughs) if I'm just not comfortable, but oh my gosh, to do one-on-ones would be a lot, but that's awesome. Yeah. It
1: was, I mean, it was nerve wracking because I met like at least close to like 30 people in like an uh I don't know however many I think it was like three hour time period and it was you got three minutes to like actually be like all right is she legit or is she like you know somebody that I don't really want to hang out with so it was fun
0: so it sounds fun I feel like you would just have to just say the most odd fact about yourself and if they just don't react properly be like okay well that's not gonna work (laughs) mine would be some book fact some super weird book fantasy thing and then if they were like oh what (laughs) like Like, no this is not
1: yeah I mean and like I said it's it's okay not to you know not like somebody yeah I agree to see them again so well I think it's mind.
2: okay for you to tell yourself that like don't force a friendship like you yeah. don't want to be in a friendship that you don't actually enjoy or you feel supported um because I mean you're gonna have those type of friendships where it's just a person like um they, they're really they're friends with me and they're my only friends so I'm gonna use them but like I don't really like them so like it's okay to set boundaries and it's okay to say like you know this this friendship didn't work out so let me try again yeah. Um, it's just as important to remember to try again, Um yeah,
1: After a bad
2: experience, yeah. And and you know, and that's I I think especially for us because it's it's we haven't dated like actually dated in years, and so when you, it is like dating, like when you go <laughs> meet new people, like you're like putting on your nicest things, right? <laughs> like, on your best behavior, and trying not to say the wrong thing, and then you're worried about like what they think and it can be very overwhelming. And so it's, it's definitely one of those things where like, if, if that is something that triggers you, or if you are an introvert and you get psyched out over things, then, you know, I think we talked about this on our last podcast with um, hobbies and things like that, like, you know, find groups that you have things in common with, like, you know, if coffee, um, talking about books. Anything like that, like find people, you know, that you connect with on another level other than being a military spouse may help you find your, 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 your group, your tribe. Um,
0: Yeah. You have to look at friendships like a relationship because you are, it is a weird dating experience at first, but this is someone that you're going to spend nights watching movies during deployment. You're going to, you want to find these people that are going to trust in your home with your kids, watching your pets, whatever it is. And you also have to be willing to take a breakup. Like, it sucks. Like, at Bragg, I had a group of friends that I was getting pretty close with, but I had realized that they were kind of toxic. And it was it was hard to walk away from them because they had become what my kids knew. They became, you know, basically part of our family. But I knew that it was just the whole group was not what I wanted to be part of when I found out they were saying things as a group for us speaking for us to other people and it would just really really pissed me off because I was like that's not something I would have said or even addressed towards those people that you had said and I just realized no, I as much as it sucks I have to start over because this is not the friendship group for me this is not the kind of people I want to be around and it sucks it's like a huge breakup and we there was a lot of drama around it leaving the group but you have to Go do ahead. what's best for you something I think mean, when it comes similar. down to that too
1: Yeah. That's something similar with a, just a friend in general and she was a military spouse and it was hard because her kids and my kids hung out and I had to, I had to be careful about what I said to the kids because that's not something that I don't want. I mean, for them to learn that friendships do, you know, break up, Mm -hmm. but I don't want, I didn't want them to know what it was about, you know, just knowing that, Hey, sorry, you know, mommy's not friends with, you know, them anymore. So you might not see, you know, these, your friends anymore, as far as those people are concerned, but like, I had to get out of it too. And it was, it was toxic as well. And it was hard. It was, it was like, it's like, you're grieving a loss, but then it uh, like, it's a weight that's been lifted off your shoulders and which means it leaves room for other friendships to come in.
0: It does. And I, after that I did, I have the best friends that I have and I still talk to it like every single day. So it's, I'm glad that it, it did happen, but it was really hard. Like you're saying for my kids, because they were at a very impressionable age. They were like, for, Well, Darren was probably from two to like five when we were like, so it was like three out years where we spent all the time. We have pictures of them, all the girls that they, she, Kira used to hang out with. And we had pictures of them growing up every year. We would go to the same farm and do ice cream every summer. And it was just like, man, we, we lost this huge, what could have been a huge family relationship with these people. But I knew that even though a couple of them hadn't really wronged me, it was, they were a group and it was, there was no way to like separate yeah. that situation without just cutting the, the losses and being yeah. like okay we need to start over and I'm glad we did though because that's where we kind of got really involved with to play love and all of the people that we met at Bragg through that too so I mean that's what we say I guess it it, it is relationships it's gonna be I think that that's not even it, just in the military sector that's obviously across the board and ours is a little harder because we do move and you have to make those friendships quickly. (laughs) Like otherwise your three years goes really fast. It does. Oh
1: yeah. Like, um, I remember every, well, I think one of the things that I thought was pretty funny was when you move and you start over you and you enroll your kids in school, you have to have an emergency contact Mm. and I didn't know anybody. And so I was like, who am I gonna get, you know? So I was like, I have to make some friends in order, to, and of course you could change that, but I just find it funny that we have to have that emergency contact. And that's like the I hardest anybody thing. yet. I have no idea.
0: You almost have to like immediately <laughs> yeah. go to like something at the school, some event, and be like, hey, I know you don't really know me, but our kids are in the same class. Can I you? Yeah, I it's like a running joke.
2: <laughs> so like that's like my worry right now because like we're moving, we're PCSing in like two and a half weeks and Um, we're moving to a non-military location. And I'm just like, who, who, who am I putting down as my emergency contact? Like, it's nerve wracking. So, Thankfully, though, we're kind of close to my parents. So, um, they're within three hours. So like, that's a bonus, but you know, that's not always the case.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why I meet neighbors. And ask them if they can be my emergency contact, at least temporarily until, you know, whatever. And it's, it's worked out like my whole neighborhood, we live on post and, um, I could not have the best neighborhood. They are just amazing. We all hang out. We all have barbecues. Our kids get together. We're honest with each other. Like if one, you know, one of our kids like hurts another kid's feelings and we're, we're very honest with each other and, um, yeah, we're all each other's emergency
0: contact. So that's one of the best benefits of living on base though, is you are going to know that everybody around you is military. So then it's a lot easier way to make friends because just simply going on a walk with your dog, someone else has a dog and they play there. You have a connection or your kids are all playing out in the cul-de-sac and you have those people that you're going to interact, even if it is just putting out fires, right? But it, you're still interacting with those people. And I've seen that some of the best communities on my base, like them barbecuing and just hanging out and spending every birthday together is really, really cool. That's easier, I think, because we're all close
1: and I can't speak for the spouses that live off post. I think they made me have to work a little bit harder to, you know, have those friendships, but Um, We, that's all I've known. Every duty station that we've ever been to has been on post. So, and it works for us. It doesn't work for everybody, but like, it's just more convenient for us. So um, it's easier for me to make friends.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said at the beginning, like you have the two different spectrums of soldiers, those who don't mind living on base. And then you have yeah. black, like absolutely not, <laughs> which is my, we've never lived on base. I'm, I never lived on base growing up either. Actually, that's a lie. There was six months stench when we were at Fort Benning that we lived on base. Um, And so you just, you just have, I mean, it's a preference thing, like you were saying. And, um, and it's a little harder because if you don't, get out and meet other people then you know it it's not as easy i think we've met friends within our unit so though so, and they happen to live out in the general area i live in so it's always been nice to be like okay i'm gonna put you down as my emergency contact and you always think you're not going to use it but like i mean i've had there's been oh, yeah. there's been several times where i'm like hey can you pick up c or hey can you grab d from the bus stop um, I'm running behind, or you know, I had an appointment, and you know, appointments can go way past their appointment time, and you think you have it planned, but then you don't have it planned, and um, it's just nice to have that one person
0: to yeah. I see pros pros and cons of on and off base. Mm-hmm. We've lived on and off base, on as a single soldier, like lower enlisted. If there was no benefit to that to me, um, I felt yeah. like we were stuck in apartments and it was, that's where the most drama I think is. I don't think it's so much in the families. Once you have kids, I feel like you are more of a community, but I think that a lot of the drama was other young spouses who just didn't want to deal with their neighbors. And we were all just stuck in these apartments. And most of us were probably like 19 and 20. Like we shouldn't have been living alone in the first place kind of thing. Like (laughs) the drama, that was drama. And then As active duty in Germany, we had to live on base at the time because we were lower enlisted. And I actually liked that, but I can see the pros and cons because like living now off base, um, we are able to connect with the Germans a lot quicker and we are integrating a lot faster. So my kids are like in German uh, sports and stuff like that. So it's been really good for us to acclimate. And I know that's kind of the struggle here is seeing if you live on base, a lot of those spouses don't go acclimate as well. And so then they're struggling with like learning German and struggling with the culture differences and struggling with shopping when it's because they get such a comfort zone of living on base. I mean, I don't know, yeah. Cammy, you were here too. I was to say, and so they don't, they don't step out and they don't go try to ride the buses and the trains and as much, I guess, because everything's funny, right there.
1: The, the first spouse I ever met, um, and I, it's funny, like off topic, but Like I have so many cool stories because like, you know, like living off or living in a different country, but my, the first, um, spouse that I ever met, I was, we were still like waiting for our house on post in Bamberg, Germany. They, it's not even a base anymore. Um, they shut it down. Um, but we're waiting on, um, our house to be, uh, ready for us to move in. We were on, the base hotel, and we were right next to the shop bed. And I was, let's see, seven months pregnant, eight months pregnant. I mean, mm-hmm. big big belly. And I was like walking to the shop bed to get like, I guess, a bag of ice. I don't remember what it was. And this girl saw me, and she gave me a ride back to the hotel. And she was like, "Hey, they had been stationed there for at least like two years." And so that's how we made a friendship was she saw me like struggling, waddling to the (laughs) shop And so she gave me a ride back and we've been friends ever since. And, um, I thought it was really cool. And she introduced me since she's been there. She introduced me to so many things, like as far as like the culture and, you know, introduced me to a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have because I was scared because I didn't know, you know, being in a foreign country, just, I was afraid. So she was like, yeah, let's go, you know, out to a restaurant. And I learned about, you know, the language and the like, um, Euro or whatever, the, the currency and how things work. And so if it wasn't for her, I don't know. I don't know if I would have ventured out as much. Yeah. I have a very
0: similar friendship story with us. I I had moved there 36 weeks pregnant too ridiculously huge. And it was just like, but the one girl that I ended up connecting with, it was via Facebook, but Facebook wasn't super huge then. But she was like, oh, I just had my baby here in Germany. uh, Like a few weeks ago, I, she took me to all my appointments and stuff because, you know, especially when we were first getting here, I had to get a doctor immediately and it was on the German economy. And I had to like, Figure out how I was gonna get downtown. I didn't know how to ride a bus. I didn't know how to like catch a taxi in German. So it was really nice that someone was willing to take me to all my appointments with her little yeah. brand new baby in tow. She was like, yeah, it's fine. We'll just sit in the waiting room during this. And so yeah, I it's nice. be that it's person. Nice I think we've talked about that before. Also, be that person for somebody. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. For a long time. And you see a new spouse struggling, be that person because you're like a best friend and you make someone's life so much easier.
1: Oh yeah. That was, it's definitely a core memory because, you know, like I would have never, I don't know what I would have done without her and knowing, you know, I, and I later on, I look back and later on, I did meet other spouses from my husband's unit, but she wasn't even in the unit her husband wasn't even in the unit as my uh, my husband so it was just it really meant a lot to me and i was like okay cool now i feel a little bit more comfortable in going out and i ended up like because of her and how comfortable she made me feel i ended up like going by myself sometimes um this is pre covid but and just like putting on headphones and going out by myself with um the my youngest son and just like exploring you know downtown Bamberg by myself you know and maybe that was a little risky but I felt safe enough to do that and comfortable enough to do that at that point
0: so it was fun Uh, yeah I think Europe is pretty safe in that sense just yeah well let's talk about acronyms before we get off because I know that that was the hardest part I was telling Ashley I was I looked it up too before we got on I had a pink book with the like ranks of military on the front that said married yeah. to the military. And it was like your guidebook for being a military spouse. I, and it's so I funny. I forgot but, all about that book. And yeah, she- it had all those acronyms. It had all all of this I don't know if any of it's even relevant, actually, like thinking about it. I don't even know if they still give that out or even have that to give to people. But I remember seeing it
2: like it, you, I think you could get it from still on time. Amazon.
0: Yeah, it was it yeah. was definitely published in That's 2009 true. when we first got in the military. So how accurate all of it is, I don't know. But it, changes it was really helpful.
1: <laughs> Some of it changes. Most of it. I mean, like the basic stuff is you know still there but something like ALC and SLC and all that I think they've they've changed but it's a constant rotation of
2: yeah it just actors. depends on everything like FRG is SFRG now they include soldiers in that that's like the biggest one I think has changed yeah drastically over the years but and that's for army um but I mean like I feel like pretty simple ones that are across the board are deer's which is the defense enrollment eligible eligi- oh my goodness eligibility, eligibility. <laughs> my <laughs> gosh enrollment <laughs> system whoo um i think that one's pretty common across the board and is something that everyone should know what it is yeah, because yeah. you have you to be it. enrolled in that <laughs> the
0: yeah. FMP, fmp is for sure one that I yeah. feel like it's one that a lot of people don't know because they don't need it right uh, away. But if you yeah. ever get stationed overseas, yeah, I gotta know it. So technically, it. technically, everybody,
2: supp- if you have any type of chronic any- illness yeah. or anything that requires therapy, speech therapy, anything that requires like constant.
0: Yeah I, so, saying, yeah, I think it's just anything that's consistent appointments, right? Like if you're being seen at least annually for things, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so you're supposed to be enrolled, regardless if you go OCONUS or not, because, I mean, there are some duty stations, smaller ones, that, you know, they may not have the support for you. So, yes, it can hinder you going to, like, an overseas duty assignment, but, like, to me, that that irritates me, because I'm like, yes, that would be so cool to go, but why would you want to go somewhere where you cannot get the help in services you need. I've talked to a couple people who have kids who are in services and they're like, we don't want to enroll them because we don't want it to like affect us. And I'm like, you already know that services there are either not there or limited, but why would you set your child up for failure? Like, obviously like, it would really suck that you wouldn't be able to go where your soldier wants to go. But you, ha- you do have to do that for your family. Like you have to have right, the right. services that you well, need. You,
0: yeah. You're going to think that you don't want that, especially FMP. If you're, you're going to think you don't want that to affect getting there. Okay, great. You get here and then you find out that you can't be here. Now you're going to have to figure out how to move back because that's a whole, <laughs> and then you have to re-PCS. And let me tell you, moving overseas is not a fun time. So have and they really may do make that. you on
2: their dime if you were not honest with your, with the services. And so it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's unfortunate that it can cause you not to go where you want to go, but is it really, I mean, and there's ways to get around it. Like I had been diagnosed with depression and, you know, when we got orders to Alaska and having to go through that, they were hesitant. And I'm like, like, it was a situational thing. Like, you know, there was deployment. Three of my grandparents passed away. I was struggling with X, Y, and Z. Like I haven't been on medication for it in nine years. Like, like, is it really like something whole me back? Anymore, like, really, yeah. there's, there's definitely ways around it. Like you know, doctors note things like that. But like, if you are in actual services, whether you have asthma or whatever, whatever it may be that you have to go see someone on a regular basis, you have to be enrolled in it. And it's it's so it makes sure that you have the services there for you and it would be unfortunate especially if you have something that's life-threatening where you get stationed somewhere and and they don't get the aid you can't get the the support and the help and maybe life-saving things that you need so that's probably like the one the one thing that irritates me the most about like we don't want to enroll because of x y and z and I, I know I got onto a, one of my friends here because she did that because they wanted to go to Alaska. And I was like, you're not going to go to Alaska. You guys have too much stuff on your guys' stuff. And they were banking on it. And I was like, you know, I love you guys. But, like, you're going to set up your son up for failure if you guys lie about his EF&P. And yeah. cause I can tell you right now, and you've already done your research, there's not services there for him.
0: And I think a lot of people get the mistake that, oh, well, because it's still in the United States or even in Germany, they're a very Mm -hmm. advanced culture. But like that, just because it is here, it doesn't mean that you're going to have access to it. They don't take TRICARE. They don't have any openings because there's so many people using it. Like there's reasons why the military is going to restrict you. It's not just because it's not easy for them to do or they don't want to pay for those services in that area. It's most likely you're going to get there and have like a six year or six month wait for a service that you absolutely need. And they know that they're tracking that from their people that are already stationed there. So they're right. trying to make it a point so that you're going to live a comfortable life and if you're pushing against that. Yeah. And they're trying to avoid like compassionate reassignments because you get there and realize that you don't
2: have the support and you need to go somewhere else or, you know, breaking up families. Like, cause at, at some point they're going to be like, you have to make the choice. You can either, go with your significant other can go back someplace where they can get support Um, because we can't send you back because we can't we don't have the tools or the bodies or anything like that to do that to replace you here that sucks after the fact yeah. after the fact. So, that so I think it's important and I think that's EFMP is not actually talked about a lot because it's one of those things where if you get like, you know, soldiers are soldiers are completely different things. So it really only affects family members. And so if you have a new spouse that comes in, and there's no type of like paperwork, or the soldier doesn't explain it to their spouse, or however it might be. You don't know, like, I didn't know anything about EFMP until we moved to Alaska. And I was like, what is this? And I grew up military, I just don't ever
0: remember having to do anything with it growing up. Yeah, it was definitely different for us too, because we got married in Hawaii. And so we didn't have it. to have it in order to get it and I am definitely qualified for EFMP so it was like when we went to move to Germany they're like oh well you need to get like x more appointments with each of these people and you need to have all of them sign off that you can go and it was like <laughs> we knew nothing about it he was a baby and so when he got to Hawaii we weren't married so they didn't it wasn't even mentioned And when we got married it wasn't important we just needed to get on deer so it wasn't important and then yeah, so that was our same thing as when we got moved overseas is the first time we even knew what EFMP was, but and
2: usually that's when it's like the most strict, is if it's someplace where it is an OCONUS move, which is an yeah. overseas move, which includes Alaska, Hawaii, Korea, anything where it is outside the normal network for insurance that it yes, they're their Tricare in Alaska and Hawaii are the are the same but services are there limited because of the location um and it's just important and it's definitely something that you don't want to mess around with and I highly encourage no one to do it because it could consequences could really suck like you know they could say okay you're gonna have to move it it's on your dime and we all know how expensive moving is and again why put yourself at a health risk Yep. just so you could go to some place that your spouse wants to go to or you want to go to it's not or worth it. just go there travel. to yeah, travel just, right? if you want to go to alaska take a hop yeah. what is that it is a where you can go on standby for a military flight and go places where there is a military like air force hub utilize is, that program
1: is that what they're called now because i do you remember was, uh Space A is that what they're called? Oh, well, Space now? A, but I've space always a. so
2: it's 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 a hop, a Space A flight. So okay. they, I think it's like interchangeable. Um, so like because it's like a hop, like you're you're kinda it's not like... you kind of have to hop here, and then if you have to go to a different location, you are gonna have to hop there. Um, but yes, Class A or Space A. Space um, A, I remember uh, that. Yeah, and you know it is definitely one of those programs that are really cool but you have to have flexibility with it um I only remember utilizing it from overseas to stateside stateside to overseas when we were stationed um and it's definitely not the most comfortable there's priority it is not the most comfortable flights (laughs) I have been in a cargo plane from Bragg to Stuttgart Germany and I can tell you right now no one told me how cold it can Uh be on a cargo plane I was freezing thank god thank god some poor soldier took pity on me and gave me his sleep mat and (laughs) and I'm a teenager that I was a teenager at that point so I was just like this sucks but you know there's so many cool things like you know like there's so many programs out there that you can utilize um yeah it sucked but if I known to have brought like a sweatshirt I had flip-flops on no socks it was just cold it was also like March time frame so it was just still chilly in general but awesome. it it's one of those things where you like you just you know there are ways to go places that you want to go inexpensively, especially nowadays, I feel like, with like all the travel agents and things like that, like you can easily find cheap ways to travel. Yeah. Right, which we're, we're talking about on the next episode, so them we'll,
0: them we'll them. get into that more. yeah but. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Um What's another one? Uh, we talked about the FAP, which is the family advocacy program, but there's a lot of tons of those, like USO, ACS. USO, ACS, MWR, i Um, um some there's... like I guess some more terms that are like more your husband might come home and say is like your NCO, his XO, yeah. like those things that you're like, and what you're like, what is an XO? <laughs> your commanding yeah. officer, right? Like a, <laughs> It's not something that you'd really need to know, but you kind of do, because you're gonna probably want to know who those people are because they're gonna yeah. be involved in the FRG and stuff too. So
2: So funny story on that one. I think when we first got married, I made my husband like get like a poster board and like ride out like, okay, so it's like the chain of like the company. Like, okay, this is the commander, and the commander is this, and then another this, this, and then you have platoons, and this is what's in a platoon, and I was just like. But then I would forget about it because we would never talk about it. So I'd make him do it again, like, two <laughs> years later. And I think by the third time I made him do that, he's like, are you kidding me, Ashley? Like, you, A, grew up in the military. <laughs> I have explained this to you, like, twice now. And I was like, look, if we don't talk about it, I'm going to forget it. It's You're not involved like, with it
0: every day. Like day. I'm not. Yeah.
2: And even as someone, even, like, you know – you know, you have like the LT lieutenant, you know, I know where a lot of the spots go, but like, if you ask me who, like, who did what, I'll be like, like, I don't know. Like, you know, and again, like I try to be interested in my husband's job and things like
0: that, but like, sometimes you just, you know. Kind of give up. I don't know. I, and I feel like it depends on where we're stationed too, because Air Force has different terms for like their units and their, yeah, (laughs) like all of it changes. So it's like, what, what are you talking about? And 'Cause I think we were attached to a cab unit. So they're they're like squadrons are called different things. Like oh, everything yeah. is so different every time we move that I just kind of gave up. I was like, ah, I don't need to know who's in charge of what I, really like
1: I fine. get confused on um the promotion, like promotion points and Ugh, uh, I hate like the timing grade. Yeah, I don't understand it. I try, but like it because it changes all the time depending yeah. on your MOS. So
2: And then like like, like, all the new rules they come out with, like, it's, yeah, they
1: come out with, it's just constantly changing and I just can't keep up with it all. So I'm like, all right, well, if you get picked up, then.
0: Yeah, I do. I (laughs) feel like the older we got, the less, I was like, I'm not following this anymore. I just don't have the energy. Like I know who important people are because he talks about them regularly, but I'm like, beyond that, I'm like, I got no idea what's going on. So I think
2: another um, abbreviation that's really important for military spouses to know. About and what it entails is OBSEC. Um, oh, yes. Very especially important. if you're in a unit that is, so that is operational security and that is important. Why? Now I feel like it's very different. I'm going to, I'm going to state that. I feel like OBSEC is very different in today's <laughs> world, world than it was even just eight years ago. Um, OBSEC is, is pretty much like you're not allowed to share any information on troop movements at all pretty much like you know you don't want to share like my head you know oh, my, my poor heart my my soldier left today to go to afghanistan like that is a big no-no especially coming back but i say this because today we've learned over the last two years these rapid deployments that obsec kind of just goes out the window yeah. um And you'll find older spouses or spouses who have been in the service a lot longer, like cringe at that because I don't know about y'all, but my husband has a hundred percent been delayed coming home because a family member, it's not necessarily always a spouse, but a, a family member has said, can't wait. My, my soldier's coming home. And then it just puts a full stop and it could be weeks where they don't come home, so it's just it's just good to know. A, you're not supposed to talk to news personnel. Yeah, there is a deployment. Um, we had some spouses here at Fort Bragg learn that the hard way this year, or not this year, but this last two years, um, when they talked to um reporters about a rapid activation, um. And yes, you say that you are, that's your husband's job. You can do what you want to do, but unfortunately it is the military and there can be consequences to your actions, to your soldier.
0: Well, and I think uh, on the opposite is the opposite is per sec. It's not just, yep. you don't want to talk to the news agents because yep. of your spouse. It's yourself because then immediately, yeah. and that's why I ended up doing some of the interviews as unrelated, but through play Love was because it's like immediately, if you're on the news. Everybody that sees your face knows you're alone. Yeah. You're going to be alone for X amount of time because we, at the right. time, had no idea when they were coming back. It mm-hmm. was we just like, don't put yourself in that position. And especially here, stationed overseas, I hate when you can see cars that we're following and I'm like, nope, absolutely American. Or like people, the way that they dress, they are wearing like big ball caps with the like American flag and am like, don't put yourself in that position because yep. uh, like, yes the Germans are nice they like Americans that's fine but you know what's right over the border people who don't and they can come in here like you need to not express who you are Um, to everybody
2: when we lived in Germany when we were we went um to Belgium for a I I call him uncle but he's a family friend um we were followed on our way back for not an hour for several hours um and they took every single turn, like we got off the highway, we came around, we, we like did everything, um, for a solid five hours, we were followed. Um, and this was after 9-11 too. So, um, it was a little scary. Um, they were definitely, um, individuals who were following us. that Didn't like military. <laughs> I'll just put that out there. Um, and we were just, you know, and we were tar- we were in a minivan so like it was really clear, you know, they they started following us from a gas station. So they heard us like talking and things like that. But we were also in a minivan. You've been to Europe, there's not a lot of minivans. No. Um not American minivans. Um, anyways, but you know, it it can happen as someone who have who has had that happen to them, it can happen. So it is important to kind of like, you know, it's okay to say, like, hey, like, you know, I I have my stuff to private, so I don't have anyone outside of my Network that can see my posts and stuff. So, um, it's important to do that too. I
0: think there's a lot of things. I mean, it is personal security that is super important. And I don't think as military spouses they care. A lot of people are like, "Oh, it's not my job." I'm like, but (laughs) there's gonna be people that just don't like you because of what your spouse does, and that's scary and sad. (laughs) But it is what it is. Especially when you're not in the same country. Like, obviously, I think when you're stationed in the United States, it's not generally as much of a threat to the military personnel, but it's just one of those things that I, we were trained heavily when we came to Germany the first time, like don't put stickers on your car, like don't wear shirts that are all in English kind of thing. And then, in. yeah, now it, I don't think they're trained that much to do that. And it's crazy how many more people bring their giant ass pickups and stuff. And I'm like, everybody knows we all immediately know. And the main reason that Americans are in Germany, active duty military, like it's very clear. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When we were in Germany, uh, it 2012, I believe um they t- they told us like blend in as much as possible don't put stickers on your car don't you know and they they weren't even allowed I'm sure that it's the same way but they're not allowed to wear their uniforms even going from like oh I their- still see
0: people do it that was like <sighs> yeah and I'm like we're walking around the mall are just and painting like a high, high-ranked woman was walking around in her uniform and I was just like why are you doing that? You're
1: just a, you're just Jimmy, a big red target. Yeah,
0: Jeremy doesn't even wear his uniform out in public here. Like
2: very rarely. Like, it, like when we went to lunch the other day after his change of responsibilities, like that was the first time I've seen him in uniform in public in like two years.
1: Yeah, yeah they never same with my husband. He doesn't ever wear it um out in public ever. And then like even on social media my husband doesn't have Facebook or anything like that. So I, it's a little bit easier, but like I've had friends or family, they don't see him, you know, in pictures and they either assume that we're like not together, like we're divorced or something. And, um, I have to nonchalant, like kind of explain to them non, um, like in a text message or something like that, where, Hey, we're okay. It's just, I can't let people know that he's deployed or whatever at that time. So.
2: Jimmy has a fake name for his, like he, he posts a good idea. He doesn't have his real name up there. Um, and then, but he is connected to other family members. So they could figure it out, I guess. But again, like we have all of our family has our social media kind of like on lockdown. Like you can only see it if you're actually friends with us. Yeah. Type of thing. But, um yeah let's see what's another popular or what's another there's
0: so many there's there really is
2: i mean there's tdy temporary duty you know pcs um you know permanent change of station basic
0: ait and i i'm sure all the other branches have different ones for those and diddy which is do-it-yourself move
2: we talked about oconus which is just you know Outside of the continental United States. Um BAS, basic allowance.
1: For housing or BAH.
2: BAH is basic allowance for how uh, housing. Um, you know, A fees, which is the Army and Air Force Exchange Services, which would consider, you know, you have PX and PX and BX BX. which is yeah I always like that one's always a little tricky for me because like it depends on where you're at so if you're at a base it's BX but if you're at post it's PX um
0: and And how you know whether it's base or post nobody knows (laughs) like it's in the name but it's not really ever super labeled (laughs) people yeah the gist though if you just have something X they'll be like oh yeah okay yeah
2: like I think where was I? I think I was stationed overseas and like if it's a base like if it's an Air Force air force base if it has an air force base attached to it it's usually a um a yeah. base if it's just an army location it's usually a post <laughs> that makes
1: sense i never really had anybody explain that to me but but there's so many joints,
2: like there's so many yeah. joint things nowadays so that's why it's just like bx slash px or
0: whatever way it is on the building I wonder what it's called yeah like jblm like the and the marines though because they're not Bases or posts? Are they? What
2: is? I don't know. No, see, but I would, I would, I would assume it's a base because, like, Navy base,
1: naval
2: Navy base, naval base. I don't know about the Marines. I would say Marines would be because, like, a base is like, like I feel like I feel like they would all be bases. Now that I'm going down, (laughs) I don't. I don't don't know. It's like a little hub. Like you know, you base all of your your things here. Where post is just like. I just, for some reason, Post, I think Army, because, like, you know, they're posted up, like, on, like, patrol. I don't know. I don't that's know. probably wrong. And anyone in who's listening wants to clarify that for us. <laughs> um, but that's just how I've always viewed it. Like, if it's just an Army, it's Post. And then I think everything else is base. I don't know. And then, well, and then you have,
1: like, trade mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
2: like, or- Considered. Oh, do they have at the other places since it's Army and Air Force Exchange Services? So, is there even an A AFS at a Marine and Naval? I mean, they have oh, to have something equivalent, I would assume. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We've Thought got to find question. more
0: Marine spouses to talk to because we never know.
2: <laughs> but I feel like I feel like a lot of Marine bases or Naval bases are also kind of close to either an Air Force or. Yeah. Um, installation. So maybe, I don't know. I could be wrong on that one too, but I feel like there's something connected to, I don't know. I don't,
0: I don't know, know much about either of those. So. The only other one that's I can think of that, it's not really an acronym, but it's something that's so funny because we were civilian sector- at Bright, we weren't allowed to like go on base because he's civilian, like do things on base is shop it. because that is, we use that term all the time when we were younger shop because it. on base, that's what it's called. But then when we got out and we're civilian sector, it, we went back to calling him gas station because it's a freaking gas station. Right. But yeah. like I, now I that never, we're back here, my kids call them all shop bets again, because we're that we're using it so consistently that they're like, Oh, we can just stop at the shop at down the street. I'm like, that's not a shop bet. Like we're in Germany. That's a gas station, but like, I don't
2: know. Gas station. I don't know if I've ever I know I've referred to them as shop ed, but like I, I I don't think like I'm just like oh I'm at the gas station by the North Post PX like
0: I, I think it's more ed. when you're overseas I think it's just yeah. here you call it the shopette because that's what it is but yeah,
2: yeah. I <laughs> mean that's what they're here thing. too on base because like you have the shop at, like you know I'm over at the shop at on our dens or whatever it is but or the classics, classics. too man. classics that's but a lot the- of choppettes now have the classics inside them. They do, yeah. So I don't even know of any because there used to be a classics here at Bragg or but it's inside that
0: gas station now. Yeah. But now
2: it's inside the gas station. It used to be like there used to be like its own building. And I don't know if that's still here or not now that I think about it. But um, and for those who are listening, the classics is a liquor store. Liquor store, ABC <laughs> store, whatever you call we it. All know. <laughs> um because now they carry it in the PX, BX, or in the Class six as well, so you can get that in both locations. Um,
0: yeah, I don't know. Is there a class sixes anymore? That I'm like thinking about it. Like, there's definitely not so. here. I think they've combined. The... Jesus, sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> I don't even have. I just heard thunder. I'm like, man, hey, is it storming? No, she doesn't live here. Duh. <laughs>
1: Where is she at? Oh, um.
2: <laughs> Jeremy took the muffler off his bike. He had a motorcycle, and it literally shook my entire wall above the garage. It's <laughs> so loud! <laughs> Holy cow! Sorry,
1: I jumped. <laughs> You're so funny. God. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I think we covered all of it and it was, this was a fun conversation. I think we probably could have went into more on basic training. If you're a young spouse and you have just gone through that kind of stuff and you're new and you want to come on and talk with us, we would love to have that experience more fresh. Obviously all of us have been on this journey for a really long time. And I, I remember basic training very, very vaguely at the very beginning of our relationship, but I really don't remember it. So if you're listening to this and you want to come on the show, we're always happy to have extra guests, so reach out. But Cammy, thank you for coming on and chatting with us. It's always nice, especially yay. to have another veteran spouse that we've all been around forever, and we know the same things we've all been going through, so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. My first podcast, yay.
0: Yeah, yeah you <laughs> were saying you wanted to start your own. You should. I do. So I she told, told us a lot about her military journey, but Cammy is one of those really cool spouses who didn't let the military take her identity. She sings, and she does all kinds of really cool stuff for herself, so.
1: Absolutely. I had to learn that the hard way, but I absolutely did not want that to be just my identity. So that was, that was something that I was, that was important to me. So yeah, absolutely.
0: Fantastic. Well, we will see you guys next episode. We're going to be talking about travel and planning vacations for yourself. So I know me and Ashley are passionate about that and excited to talk about it. So we will catch you guys all later. And like we like to say, rock up, Buttercup.